Ever wonder what married men think? Well, I do. My name is Jory O'Neill, and I am on a quest to learn what makes men say, I still do, even when they feel like they don't. Join me as we embark on a journey of discovery and exploration into the mind of a godly man. Hear real stories of love, marriage, parenting, and everything in between. Each week, learn practical ways to keep your vows renewed well after the honeymoon. I still do. Do you? Welcome back to the I Still Do podcast, the godly man's perspective on marriage. I am your host, Jory O'Neill. And with me is the amazing and talented Mr. Terrence Wilson. How you doing, brother? Oh, man, I'm blessed, sis. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How you oh, feeling? Uh, I, I got the flu. Uh, I'm I'm blessed to be uh, upright, but, you know, God bless prayers and, and drugs. Prayers and drugs together make the world go round. Uh, <clears throat> so... Oh, boy, yeah, yeah, you know, prayers and drugs, prayers and drugs, drugs and prayers. Uh, I digress. <laughs> Today, uh, we're actually going to dig into a very interesting conversation. Um, we're going to talk about fighting today. Yes, we're going to talk about fighting. We're going to talk about what does it mean to fight fair in the marriage, right? What does it mean to fight fair in a marriage? So, uh, first question, Terry, do you believe that it is healthy for a couple not to fight in their marriage? Do you think that's healthy? Absolutely not. I don't think it's healthy at all. I think um, for if, if you're not fighting in your marriage and not even saying fighting, I'll say having disagreements because it, it depends on what you say a fight is. But, um, you know, most people just say a disagreement, consider a fight um, or argument it could be heated, which could be a fight. But um, if you're not having that type of conflict in your marriage, then I feel like it's a lot of hitting um, feelings towards one another that's not being expressed. And if that's the case, then you have a big problem with communication and that's going to cause um, a bigger hole in your relationship for other things to come in and just annihilate it pretty much. Mm. So is there such thing as a fair fight in a marriage disagreement? Is there such thing as fair or how does that work in terms of a disagreement? You're talking about like, you don't want things to be hidden. You don't want things to be left unsaid. Is there such thing as fighting fairly? when we come to disagreements in marriage? Oh, absolutely. 100% is, is definitely a way to fight fairly. Um, you, one thing you have to remember, and I think a lot of people allow their emotions to get involved in, in the fight or the disagreement, um, is that they, they throw low blows. Mm. You know, so if it was a discussion that you had with your significant other, and it was like, hey, we hash this out um we came up with a solution it's still a sore thing to one but not to the other then to bring that up is not fighting fair to want to say if you don't like what i'm saying you can go ahead and hit the door that's not fighting fair either because what if the person do leave now mm. you sitting at the house looking stupid or like i ain't gonna let him come back in or let her come back in because you want to prove a point because she walked out or he walked out the door 
you know, so you, you have to be careful of what you say. You know how they, they used to tell us back in, when we was growing up, our tongue is the most powerful thing on our body. Like we have to be careful what we say because what we say we can bring into existence. Mm. So if you tell your spouse, no, you don't like what I'm saying, then you can get out. If they walk out, then just know it's not just that statement that you said. It's a lot of other things that wasn't said from that person, which allowed them to walk out. So you just brought up an interesting point. Um, you said a low blow. So just to clarify, um, most marriage books that I've read, they usually use the terms uh, hidden below the belt. Right. And that's similar. So can you, uh, I guess, kind of explain in your own words what your understanding of hitting below the belt is? You gave some really poignant examples, but just like an overall definition of what does it mean to hit below the belt? OK, let's say like, you know, um, some people have a, a strong relationship with their parents, you know, and if you know certain things that the the parent does that your significant other doesn't like and it's a soreness to them and it's one of them thorns from you know that could be in there and you know it's one of them thorns that that is easily pushed in to where it hurts more than it is to allow it to be removed so if you know it's one of those thorns and then you turn around and you say well that's why your mom and daddy do this you know and you know that hurts then that will be considered hidden below the belt. That's why I don't go off mute because I don't remember when to come back on. Um, Give up in this pizza. Sound like Snoop Dogg up in this book. (laughs) Oh boy, I'm glad we're not recording. Uh, (laughs) um, Yes, Snoop Dogg has his uh, from... Uh, deliciousness that he gets to inhale. I have inhaled germs from a six-year-old. So uh, we both inhaled, uh, we both cough, uh, but for very, very different reasons. Um, Welcome, Donald. Thank you so much for blessing us with your presence, Um, as abrupt as it may have been. Uh, We are talking today about fighting fair, and I would consider that a low blow. I would uh, consider that being hit below the belt. I would definitely, <laughs> he doesn't even know what we're talking about, but he just came in swinging. I don't even understand. I don't even understand. I'm so, I'm so in my feelings right now, sir. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about uh, fighting. Thank you so much, Donald, for joining us. Um, listen, people, this is real. Like we, <laughs> real life, uh, time does not exist when you have multiple children. Uh, it doesn't. So uh, we're talking about fighting fairly in our marriage. And Terry just gave us uh, his idea definition of what it meant to hit below the belt when having a disagreement with your spouse. Um, I don't think you heard any of what he said. Maybe you caught the tail end of it. So if you could, could you share with us what do you think it means or, or what is your understanding of hitting below the belt during a disagreement with your wife? Um, I think hitting below the belt uh, means that you've 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 taken the conversation to a place of uh, intentionally wanting to see the other person hurt, instead of the conversation to a place of finding a solution. Um, you no, know, to the point where you know very good and well what the triggers are. You know very good and well 
what has been said previously in conversations that will um, make things worse, but you don't care and you just go there anyway. Thank you so much. Um, you guys are pretty parallel in terms of your understanding and what your definition explanation was of hidden below the belt. Um, I know this might be a crazy question, but has it ever been a time where either of you have hit or been hit below the belt? I know that's a crazy question. It's a crazy, crazy question. Just throwing it out there just in case to drive the conversation. Just, you know, we, I mean, once you say no, we can move on, but have you ever hit somebody or been hit by somebody below the belt during a disagreement? So um, uh, let, me go, let me go first, cuz. Yeah, you can have it. You can have it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I think because my wife is not listening to the podcast, I probably can't say the answer I want to say. Uh no. <laughs> um uh yeah, yeah, I can say yeah. I think. There has been times where I, I do believe I hit below the belt. Um, not to be malicious, but I think it was just a la- last lapse of judgment. Um, and I also think that, you know, my wife went below the belt because she was just fed up. Um, so, I, you know, it, it wasn't... It, it was definitely a, 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 a moment of, of immaturity. Definitely a moment of immaturity because it, it it definitely happened within within the the first and fifth year of marriage. I don't believe we did anything like that after being married five years. But I know, like you know, like when when we first got together, I I I, I know a few times I brought up the daddy issues. A few times I brought up the family issues. You know, the, you know, you know, the, the 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 crazy word was thrown around quite often. Um, you know, and and things like that 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 I knew would trigger her. With me thinking, oh, okay, I'm finna win this conversation. Just, just, you no know, mic drop. But, uh, you know, it did not work out the way I thought each time. So, you know, I had to learn. Yo, that's crazy. Because Terry just said, <laughs> before you jumped on the call, he just said when you bring up people's family, <laughs> that's hitting below the belt. <laughs> it's just a low blow. And then your example is I was like, was he talking about Donald? <laughs> Terry, you, you, you. No, you, I wasn't. I was not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was not. I was not. Uh, I, I can say in, since me and Chelsea been married, no, we have not um, hit each other below the belt. But that's also because prior to, getting engaged, we had a conversation of fighting fair. Um, prior to the marriage, we also ironed out different things far as uh, what can be, what's low blow and what's not, in, in a sense. Not saying directly, but it's like, yo, don't bring this up, don't bring that up, um, you know, type things. And so it, we already knew what was a trigger for each other that we kind of avoided touching that um but have i been hit below the belt absolutely prior previous uh before pre-chelsea oh yeah definitely i've been hit below the belt around the belt on top of the belt uh right cross left cross uh uppercut body blow uh kick drop kick super kick uh slam body slam uh ddt 
uh, Jake the Snake, I mean, all that. But at the same time, I, I dished it back. You know, uh, and, and like like Donald said, it's it's from immaturity. When when you're not, when you don't really, when you allow your emotions to get the best of you, you don't say you say things that you want to say to hurt that person intentionally. Um, and when you do that, just know that thorn is being dug deeper in. And it's nothing you're going to be able to do to take it out for quite some time. So um, I try not to get my emotions involved in our when we do have a disagreement. Um, sometimes I just shut up. And sometimes she's like, no, just tell me what it is. And I'm like, nah, I ain't, I ain't saying nothing. You know what I mean? Because I don't know how to. At that point, I don't know how to say it in a way of it's not coming off abrupt or harsh or, you know, anything of that nature. So I'll just I'll just keep it in. But eventually, I do think we do come back to it and discuss it. Um, we both are. Well, I ain't gonna say we both because I have never really seen her pissed. Me, on the other hand. Yeah. But her, I, I'm afraid. Like, I'm serious. Like, if you don't hear from me in like. You know what I'm saying? Please, by all means, do a, a well check. <laughs> we'll do, brother. We'll do. We, we're gonna we're gonna pray it. Prayers up. We don't get to that point. Um, so Donald, uh, before we actually jump into this part of the conversation, um, we ask, what is it healthy, right, for a couple to not fight, to not disagree, to not have an argument? Is that is that normal? Is that natural? Is that a healthy type of situation? I, you know, I, I, I really can't answer that question because what my normal is is not somebody else's normal. Um, I can't say that there won't be any disagreements, um, but how people handle those disagreements is entirely up to them. Um, so, I mean, if, if somebody somehow, some way found a way to work their relationship in a way that they are not going to argue or, you know, yell and scream or whatever, but, you know, kudos to them. Uh, that, that, that just didn't happen in my marriage. <laughs> uh, many of us are, are not as blessed uh, to, to experience that. Um, this is a question. This is just. Uh, I, I ran some of these questions by a couple of uh, married women before uh, coming here. This is the first time I've ever done this. I usually, first time y'all hear the questions is the first time they ever have been thrown out there. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm prayers and drugs, prayers and drugs. I, I wasn't in my right mind. And um, I, I asked when was there a time where someone was hit below the belt? And the response that I got was uh, when when her husband didn't want to pray with her. And I was like, huh? So <laughs> I didn't I didn't understand it uh, initially, but I, I kind of get it because when I'm at a space where I'm like, yo, I need help or I need support. And I don't feel like it's reciprocated. Um, it does feel like abandonment a little bit. Uh, so I'm just going to throw this question out there just because I want to I want to see if there's ever been a time. And if so, like, why? Right. Has there ever been a time where either one of you uh, didn't support your your spouse in wanting to to pray or wanting to 
uh, do something where she felt would, would get her at, at a neutral place emotionally? Um, like for me, I, um, and we had to work this out in our marriage, like, like multiple times, but I felt inadequate every time my wife was like, I need you to be the pastor of our family. And I'm like, woman, I ain't no damn pastor. I curse, I drink, I do all this stuff. What you mean? You need to pass of the family. Um, but I, but I don't think she understood how to communicate that to me in the sense that she needed me to be the spiritual support and not just the, the physical and financial support. She needed something about something. She needed me to, to stand with her spiritually to help her deal with whatever she was dealing with at certain times. Um, and I felt that I was doing that. Like I, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't preaching sermons or anything in my house, but, you know, I pray, when I saw that she was having a hard time, I would pray with her, pray for her. Um, but it took us a while to really get to the point of, of that expectation. And, and, and I, from my mindset, I don't think that that's a low blow. I just think that's, it's unmet expectations, unmet um, desires that you want your spouse to do for you, or like you said, with you. And it's not being met in or reciprocated. Um, there's nothing malicious about that. There's nothing, you know, intentionally trying to, to harm you. It's just this other human being has their own mindset of what their expectation is or what your expectation of them is. And it just isn't being communicated to them in a way where they could understand. Or if, if, if it is, they just don't know how, how to meet that expectation. Okay. All right. So, so it, it this goes back to communication <clears throat> um, and managing expectations properly. Okay. Um, Terry, has there ever been a time where you felt like you weren't able to or didn't want to be uh, the spiritual support in your marriage? Uh, well, of course, we have two different things. So the the way we deal with things as far as prayer is uh, when we eat. So uh, we all take turns saying prayers for when we eat, like per day, whatever. So let's say if I say blessings today, then Chelsea might do it, you know, another day. And then even Liberty will do it another day. So that's one thing. Now, it'd be times where I don't want to, like I'll be trying to eat. And I'm like, yo, I think I said it already. And then, but you know, that's the only time I can actually say I'm not supportive. It's like I'm hella hungry. And I look, I think I said it yesterday. Somebody else can say it today. Or we all sitting there looking real stupid at each other trying to figure out who's gonna say it. Um, but other than that, we we definitely are um I'll say understanding of one each other's beliefs and the differences of the beliefs. And we're real supportive in that sense. I mean, like our marriage, you know, we still finna do a nakai for me, um, being Muslim. So we already did a, a non-traditional marriage for her. And now we're going to turn around and do a nakai for me. Um, so, you know, and things of that nature. So I, I, we haven't got to that point. And I think, once again, it, it really starts from the foundation. Like when you have a solid foundation from the jump, it's hard to break it. 
you know, because you knew to put everything down already. And then not only that, you you didn't put weak two by fours in it or anything of that nature. You added some real strong studs with cement in it and rebar and all that other good stuff to make it strong. So I think that's one of the things that me and Chelsea did before we even got into that that mode is we established a very strong friendship and we established uh, a relationship in the sense of where what's the do's, what's the don'ts. I mean, these are all the things that was discussed prior to us moving forward. So, and it's the first time I actually ever really brought all that out there like that. And I was really afraid that it wouldn't come out the way I wanted it to, but and it did come out the way I wanted to. It came out the way God wanted it to, and and the way He wanted it, it was it's solid. So I don't. I'm not gonna say we're not gonna have that problem, but at the same time, I think we did all the precaution, the preventive maintenance to not allow certain things to come in and start messing with our foundation. If that answers your question, I don't know if it did. I know I was rambling, but it's just something that hit me and I felt like this way get it off why not no it, it rounded it out the question pretty well pretty well but you know you start talking you start talking sexy language you start talking about rebar mm, rebar <laughs> <laughs> you know I gotta build his heart man he's, <laughs> he's like oh he's talking dirty you better stop this this is a family show you <laughs> it's like see man and I was like yes <laughs> I love all that all that um, uh, getting back to seriousness, folks. Um, uh, so I would like I would like some advice, not me personally, but any humans out there. I know usually at the end, I ask you to kind of give me some practicals or whatever. I actually want some advice. I want some preemptive advice for folks who might be in these certain situations. Right. So here's the first situation. How would you advise an individual, a man, a godly man? Right who is in a situation where maybe his wife keeps pitting him against his children. So, so what I mean by that is like uh, the, the, the spouse, right. The wife um, uses the children as kind of like, like, like chess pieces in this strange manipulation game of some sort. Right. Um, so like kids, they go to dad for something and then they go to mom for something. Something like we used to do when we were young, right, Terry? Like, like we go go to dad, um, but only like as like kind of like a warm up to go to mom because we figured like, all right, if if we go to dad second, it's better because if we go to him first, he's going to say, go ask your mom. But if you go ask mom first and then you go to dad, you say, go ask your mom. Well, I asked already. Oh, what she said. She said this. Right. But we we didn't ask her everything. We, we given daddy all the details. We gave mom some some superficial stuff so we could get a yes. So we could get the real yes from that. Have you like how do you right? And I, I know that there are marriages out there where the children, are, you know, they, they go back and forth like this little wedge in between a husband and a wife, um, as opposed to what, what, what I, I like to establish. In my household, I'm like, listen, I made two vows, Jesus and your daddy. So <laughs> when y'all turn 18, y'all got to go, bro. <laughs> like, 
Y'all got to go. No, I'm joking. Half joking. Maybe a little joking. A quarter joking. A sixth. Um, but what advice would you give to an individual who finds himself, uh, I guess, in the in the middle of this manipulation game between their their wife and their kids? Um, I, I haven't been in a situation similar. I haven't been in a situation like that, but I have been in situations to where as being the, let's say the step, the step parent, you know? Um, so like right now, um, we actually have a good understanding in my role far as dealing with her daughter, which is my daughter as well. Um, and it took a while for us to get to that point because she's been so used to doing everything on her own. You know, it's just been her and her daughter, her and her daughter. But one thing that I had to explain to her, like the things that you do for your daughter is certain things that I wouldn't do because she has to grow to a certain level. You know what I mean? Like, so a lot of times kids are a lot smarter than what we think. And then when we play to a level we feel like they should be at and not where they're going to be, then they take advantage of that. You know, um, and then far as playing the parent against each other, um, you really have to have that that line of communication, that that united front from the beginning. Like soon that the kid is able to say, can I? They have to know already, like, okay, I know I'm not going to get an answer until both of them figure it, to both of them talk. You know, unless it's something real minor, like kind of piece of candy, yeah, go ahead, use some candy. But like Chelsea from Jump let me know that Liberty couldn't have sweets. Like she wasn't eating sweets when I came in. It was no sweets whatsoever. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I did go against that every now and then. Cause you know, if I had that time where me and Liberty was out doing our own thing, then yeah, I made it through a, you know, through a bone in here and there, but you know, um, that was also me trying to get into that, that comfort zone to where she could start talking, you know, but um, it wasn't something that, I mean, I do say, hey, man, you better not tell your mama that that's when we go do some other stuff, like go eat some something en route to the house. You know, we try to hurry up and eat it, drink it or whatever. And I'm sitting there telling myself because she's right in the kitchen. I'm like, damn. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like bust it, buddy. Um, but, you know, it, it's cool, though, because you have to have that united front regardless. Like you cannot allow because, you know, like you said, the Bible even said, once we find our mate, our kids, it's, it's our mates. It's us and our mates. Like, everybody else comes second to the mates. Society, on the other end, says, no, your kids come first. You know, and, and then you have to look at that sense, because one of the things that I used to believe that, too, that kids came first, but then somebody told me, like, if you were to lose your child right now, what will happen? Will your life end? Will you not create another kid? Because the Bible tells you to be fruitful and multiply. So it's saying like you can, no matter what happens with your children, it's still you and your wife because you and your mate is the ones who has to bring the family together. So when, once I start looking at things differently, because I wasn't always this type of person. I mean, of course, you know, you know what I mean? But the growth that I had to take for myself to get to this level, I'm thankful for it because now I'm able to have a solid relationship with my wife. We can talk about any and everything, even if I'm uncomfortable about talking about it, I can still talk to her about it. 
Now, I don't always know the outcome, but I can bring it up. And I bring it up and I step back. So just in case I'm not within a lot of distance because her legs is short. Yeah, yeah. So I, I ain't got to worry about her really kicking or nothing like that. So, yeah. All right. So, Donald, I don't know if you caught the question or not, because I, I feel like I went around the mulberry bush a couple of times. Um, what advice would you give to a, any individual who finds himself kind of pitted against his children when it comes to again, we're still talking about fighting fair, right? Um, disagreements, um, misunderstandings. What do you do if your 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 spouse puts the child in the middle? It's kind of like a wedge. Um, it's interesting that you say that because some people, people in their marriages, once they have children, forget that they're actually in a marriage. Um, and they forget the purpose of their marriage. The purpose of that marriage is to, is to be with each other. It's, it's, it's what comes with that marriage is, you know, family raising, family building, all these other great, amazing things. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the marriage is, is, is about you and that spouse. Um, and a lot of times I hear people, and, and I've heard people who have had very, very rocky relationships, like they, they say like, uh, our, our, our marriage is, is, is me and my wife holding circles with, you know, our kids, a part of that circle. And I'm like, well, that's cool and all, but at this point, you're supposed to be depending on just your spouse, not necessarily your children, because your children can't add value to their marriage. Your children can add value to, to the family aspect or to your future, your dreams and your, your aspirations, but they can't really add to the marriage. Um, if they're a part of it, they can definitely take away because a lot of the energy, instead of being put into your spouse, is being put into your children unintentionally. So the idea is, for me, how I see it is me and my wife, our union is, is us hugging one another and our children are around us hugging us. So whatever we have that's more or that's in abundance due to us embracing each other overflows onto our children. And then once they're ready to step away, they can let us go find their own spouse and me and my wife are still connected. We don't have to reform a circle. We don't have to reform uh, or, or re-engage in anything else. It's just our bond is there intentionally from the get-go. So my advice for that is, as a parent with children, you really do have to realize that your spouse is just as important, if not more important than your children. Because you married your, your spouse till death do you part. Your children are going to leave you. They're supposed to. It's, it's, it's in their DNA. Just like you left your family, your children are going to leave you. If you did your job right, they'll leave you for somebody else who you don't have to worry about. So all the decision making should be a team effort. Some type of communication between the two of you. It should not be just a one slanted type of thing. Um, like for us, uh, my answers are always going to typically be no. When my children ask me for something, 
because we provide them with everything that they that they need. And those wants, nine times out of ten, is just them being greedy. They want some extra things that they should not have, or we just don't have the finances to, to splurge on something that they just don't need. While when my wife wants to say yes, we have our own little verbal or nonverbal communication where I soften up and I either say yes or I allow her to say yes to the kids. Now, sometimes it's vice versa. When I think that they should have something and she says no, then, you know, it's the same thing. But there is a, there is a communication set that we know the two of us know what's best for our children. We will communicate with each other to let each other know what's okay and what's not. And granted, we have small kids, so we don't really know what the future holds with, you know, these decision-making things of them going out and want to be with friends and everything else like that. But right now the system works for us because we just communicate and know that, you know, we've already provided them with what they need and they really don't ask for much, but I think in the near future, I think if somebody were to ask me, like, so for instance, during teenage years, if Coco will be like, hey, can I go over to my friend's house? More than likely, I'll probably be like, hey, Jordan, can Coco go over to my friend's house? <laughs> and then we'll just say, what do you think? Uh, sure, okay. So something like that. <laughs> so they can't think to just use mom against dad just you know be obnoxious in that manner to know that they have to come to both of us all right so i'm gonna try to surmise all this <clears throat> let's see drugs and prayer drugs and prayer uh this episode might be called drugs and prayer and no, i'm joking <laughs> um, so what i hear you saying both of you is that um, one, a solid foundation has to be set from the beginning. Two, if at any point you are confused about the order of operations, then just go back to the Bible because it clearly states the order. God first, then your spouse. And then if you're blessed with children, amen, there later. Um, Donald gave a great analogy of hugging, a hugging circle. Uh, your children do not add value to your marriage. They add value to the family. You and your wife are one. So you hug each other. You hold each other tight and establish a union, united front. And whatever blessings overflow from that union will then fall upon your children. And if you raise them right, they'll go out and they'll find people to create unions of their own with. And the last part of it was when you're asked a question, instead of saying yes or no, check in with the other spouse first out loud so that the children see, understand, hear, feel, oh, snap, we can't play them against each other. They actually communicate. Was that everything? I love it. I like it. You All like right. It, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, my brain hurts now. So there's <laughs> a lot of recapping. Um, thank you, gentlemen. I, I want to actually uh, I think probably the next episode we do next couple of episodes we do. I want to dive a little bit more into feelings because I don't get to talk to men about their feelings very often. And um, 
I'm going to because it's it's my podcast. I can do what I want. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, a little bit, but seriously, uh, I would like I would love to talk to you guys about feelings and then the, the role that friendship plays in your marriage. Um, I'm I'm excited to talk about friendship because I think that that is the building block and the foundation for all relationships, um, marital and otherwise. Uh, so that, that, that should be a fun conversation there. These are two points. I just want to share, uh, as we close today. Uh, so you share with me different ways that maybe you two have been hit, hit or have hit below the belt. Uh, these were the two actually that came up in conversations with, uh, godly women earlier today. One of them mentioned that, um, it is a, a low blow when you compare your wife to your mama, your grandmama, your ex-girlfriend, or any other woman in your life that ain't her. Uh, Another way you can hit below the belt is pointing out flaws that you know she has trouble with, but she might not be in control of, such as maybe uh, she's on this weight loss journey, or maybe she's struggling with infertility, right? So certain things of that nature. So I just wanted to Throw that out there. Uh, Food for thought for anyone listening. In case you are a man trying to figure out, have I hit my wife below the belt? Well, if you brought either of those subjects up, I'm going to say yes. Yes, you have. All right. Um, Gentlemen, final thoughts concerning ways that we can make sure that after the disagreement, after the fights, that we're still mm, so in love with our spouse. One takeaway for the people. So uh, for me, Chelsea like ice cream, ice cream and cheesecake. So, um, it, you know, yeah, I, I have to bring the ice cream, go get some cheesecake from Chili's, whatever it may be, uh, just to warm up, soften up the mood. Because um, like I said, she really doesn't, I don't know, man, this one is, is different. Like trying to pick her brain and see how she moves sometimes is quite scary but at the same time it's, it's fun not scary in a bad way you know it's just scary because I don't know what's going to happen you know uh, but I, I think I would say one of the things you can do to uh, after the disagreement and the fight is to tell each other why you love them because that reassures the other person, you know, just like, yo, the reason why I love you is because of this. And this is the reason why we're together to build and have a family, whatever it may be that the reason is, or if you, which is something that I would like for us to get to a point to have family, uh, what your family stands for. Like, what do you stand for? And then, and we have, let's say, eight pillars or whatever. So after every fight, we go back to the eight pillars and say it together. This is what we are. This is what we do. This is who we're going to be. This is our family. You know, in that sense, I think that will work also. Because it's reminding you of why you're in this, this relation, this marriage. So going back and making sure that you've affirmed both the relationship as well as the, the family structure. Dope, dope. Donald, any takeaways? How do we get back that love and feeling 
after we done had a dispute? Uh, I think one of the most cleverest ways to do that is to understand your spouse's love language and just do that times infinity. <laughs> so, for example, when I, um, when I hurt my wife or we get into an argument or whatever, and I know I'm at fault or whatever, or even if, I, if, even if I'm not at fault sometimes, we, we need to have a session on that one when, when, when men take responsibilities for things that they ain't do. But anyway. <laughs> um, I I I um I stay up all night and I clean the house. Um, so her, her love language is um is acts of service. So sometimes I'm not sure if she gets into arguments just so I can clean the house, or if she gets into arguments because she actually upset. <laughs> uh, my love language is um is is uh touch and quality time. So you know. Whenever she wants to apologize to me, she just, you know, puts the kids to bed a lot earlier or locks them upstairs in their room or something like that. So, um, and then, you know, you're, 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 when your love tank is full, it's, it's kind of hard to stay mad. So that's my quickest advice. I know it's a little gimmicky, but it worked. No, you listen, you said all these words that we're going to have to dive into next episodes. He's talking about love languages and tanks and whatnot. Um, but I, I love it. I love it. Fantastic. And and you know what? I think uh, I'm <laughs> this might be the second episode I've said this, but Jordan might be the smartest woman in the universe. Uh, <laughs> she's like oh no we had an argument i'm so sad i know my house is going to be sparkling clean in the morning oh god bless like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's wisdom right there oh man oh boy i just re- i really sometimes i just want to sit at her feet <laughs> just learn because <laughs> yo she got all the good tricks you know what donald we actually might start this godly woman's podcast joint Cause I'ma need her to school all these women's out there on how to how to get a man, how to keep a man, how to love upon your man. Um, I don't know about locking the children in the room though. We gotta we gotta work on that. But everything else was great. Everything else was great. All right, folks. Well, uh, hopefully you learned something. You got some laughs, uh, some insight, uh, and some practicals that you could use to transform your marriage. Thanks for tuning in to I Still Do, The Godly Man's Perspective on Marriage. I'm your host, Joy O'Neill, with Dynamic Duel, Terrence Dwayne Wilson, and Donald D. Owens Jr. See you next time, folks. Peace.